Hi team, this is the Be Real With Us podcast by The Path to Goals on a mission to help you quit yo-yo dieting forever, eat foods you love, embrace the strength of lifting heavy ass weights and cultivate an undeniable level of confidence that inspires women around you to do the exact same. We are certified nutritionists and personal trainers who just wanna be real with you when it comes to nutrition, strength, and mindset. We specialize in behavior change, hormones, metabolism, sleep, stress, recovery, and mindset. If you are frustrated by all the conflicting information floating around on the internet, well, don't worry because we are here to call out the bullshit and help you stop overthinking and start doing. Billions of these humans, humans. spinning on a ball of confusion. confusion. Some kids I went to school with, school with. gave up on their dreams, they said, screw it. Screw I it. said, oh, I'm going to make some music. Even if they tell me it won't do shit, damn, I fucking knew it. I'm blowing up quick. I said, boom, bitch, I could give a few. Hello, team, and welcome to the Be Real With Us podcast. It's Alyssa and Chante, and we have a very special guest, Brian Melison. <laughs> Dang it, did I get it, Brian? So close. <laughs> Even I knew, I was like, no, no, no. It's, it's very hard to say if you're not from here, but uh, you did a great job, but it's uh, Melison. Melanson. Dang it. <laughs> um, so we know Brian. He's actually the CEO of C620. He's nutrition specialist and uh, strength transformation specialist. He's known as the mad scientist, Yoda, or Coach B. I call him Coach B. <laughs> um, he specializes in contest prep, powerlifting, um, but also works with clients who just want to better their life through nutrition and strength. He comes highly recommended from icon Dr. Lane Norton, which is how we found out about him, which Shantae will go into shortly. But yes, welcome to the show, Coach B. We're excited to have you here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. It's an, it's an honor to be here. You know, it's uh, this podcast is uh, 10 years in the making, I guess. Yes. I think 12. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's oh, been geez. a while. I think, yeah, it's been a long time. But I would love to talk about how we first met. And I'm going to bring up some of my most primitive coaching memories with you. And I'm so interested to know if you remember these things. And it's okay if you don't, because I know, I mean, it's been so long, but you work with so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, when we initially connected, like I, like Alyssa mentioned, it was, I found you through Dr. Lane Norton. It, initially, I wanted him to coach me, but he wasn't available. He sent me a list of coaches. You were on that list. So I went through the entire list, picked you. And it was a great coaching experience. I um, I remember that when, I don't know if you remember this, but when I came to you, it was post-show and I gained a bunch of weight. Um, but I was also just very fragile in my uh, body dysmorphia um, phase. And I guess I didn't really realize how bad it was, but there was a couple moments throughout our um, coaching um, time together where, I mean, we, we went through a whole reverse diet, which was great. And I learned how to eat more and lift heavy. And of course, you know, I had to kind of tolerate being at a heavier size and that whole thing. And then there was the cut, there was the cut that we went through. And there were many days where I was weighing and measuring myself multiple times per day. I was just kind of getting a little obsessive with that. Do you remember that? Or no. So okay, I, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, it's okay. I, I, I knew y'all wanted to talk about like 
when we met. And so I tried to cheat. <laughs> I tried to go back to my old emails and like look up these starting questionnaire and stuff. But uh, uh, I only found like a handful of emails that weren't like all It's about okay. It. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't want you to feel bad. Some of it, yes. I, I don't want you to feel bad because I know, you, like I said, it was so long ago and I know you work with a ton of clients. Um, but obviously I remember this because it was like my experience. And, um, at that time I wasn't coaching or anything. It was just, I was a client. You were my third coach. Um, and yeah, uh, I just wasn't in a good place mentally with body image. And I think, you know, going through a cut, uh, it, it, it was a really good learning experience, but I just got into some problematic behaviors, uh, like mm-hmm. weighing myself, me- measuring myself multiple times per day. And I remember I told you that this was happening because I was crying and I was just in frantic. And then you said, well, Shantae, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and then you, op- <laughs> and then you offered a Skype with me. Remember Skype, y'all? <laughs> Before Zoom was popular, you offered to Skype with me to kind of talk about it. And unfortunately, um, you know, we tried, but the connection was so fuzzy that we couldn't really get through a whole conversation. And you tried, you know, to kind of work with me through that. Um, so that was like one of my first memory, like profound memories with you. The second thing was uh, I just started dating a, a man and uh he was drinking and eating out every single weekend and i asked you if uh i could have a cheat meal every weekend cuz i wanted to hang out with this guy and you said um shante if this man is not supportive of your goals he's probably not the man for you and those words um at that time i was not in a place where i was ready to receive that and i'm pretty sure that it was close to our time ending together. And I slowly started to ghost you a little bit. (laughs) Uh, You're like, yep, sounds about right. And uh, I remember, you know, our time ended and you reached out with a very nice email saying, hey, don't be a stranger. You know, I want to, you know, hear from you and whatnot. But because I knew that the direction that I chose to go in at that time was not in alignment with where I initially wanted to go, I felt embarrassed. And I obviously, you know, slowly just kind of like disconnected. Well, it turns out that that man was a damn misery and it was like the worst year and a half of my life. So lesson learned, listen to your coach because he knows what he is talking about. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm just saying, I'm just saying as a man, I had some insight into that, you know? No, I appreciate Mm -hmm. it because I think it's like one of those things where we see so much potential in our clients and we want them to succeed just as much as they, they want to, but you know, sometimes you have to point these things out. And at that time I was just not in a mentally strong place and I was still very fragile in terms of like my body image and like my standards in terms of dating. And so when this guy came around and you pointed that out, I got offended, but it was, it wasn't because of what you said. It was because what you said was the truth. (laughs) It was just facts. Like, yeah, this man doesn't support. uh, What I was going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's like, uh, I I do, I do remember the ending. Cause one thing like I do, um, like whenever any package comes to an end is like, uh, I assess how I feel I did. 
And like, mm -hmm. I do the same thing for any prep. I'm like, okay, how did this prep go? Where could I have done better? What was on me as a coach to do better? How could I have coached them through that better? But so anytime like a package in, I always do like a, like a, a self-assessment because I'm trying to always improve as a coach too. And, you know, like looking back, it's so easy to talk about. And, you know, hindsight is so 2020, but back then where it's like, you know, we're, we're struggling with body dysmorphia. It's like, you know, we have negative body image, but we're also in a very sensitive place metabolically, you know, it's like, I can see how like in hindsight, and even I should have maybe worded some things different, but it's like explaining the process more of like, hey, listen, probably at this time, because of what we're trying to do, and because there's a very sensitive relationship with food, you know, having a, a 1500 2000 calorie free meal with alcohol every weekend, is probably going to lead into that transitioning into Sunday, Monday, and then all of a sudden we're over our net calories four or five thousand. Then all of a sudden we're gaining weight, and then it's like we're going to go back to a restriction cycle, and it's just going to further create this unhealthy um, relationship with food. So in the past, you know, it's like so e even talking to you now, I'm like, okay, I probably should have like coached through the why better as opposed, to, you know. But uh, but you know, so e even like hearing this, and it's like it's it's good, it's good feedback. No, I mean, you probably did do that, to be honest. I mean, I, let's just, I can let's just say I did for the sake of uh, the audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I really, no, you probably did. I mean, you probably did. And it was just me like glazing over looking for like a yes, you can do it type thing, you know, because just knowing like how, how I was at that time, I was looking for yes, you can't do that. Like, go ahead. But the way that you were presenting the information was um, probably not a good idea if you did do that type thing. And I just wasn't in a place where I wanted to hear that. And I wanted to pursue this dude. And so when you said that, um, I was, you know, sad and upset and, um, looking back on it, you know, it's a story that I tell all the time, uh, because I appreciate you being so honest with me and telling me what I needed to hear, even though I wasn't in a place to hear it, or even though it's not what I wanted to hear. And I think that's one of the, um, characteristics of a really great coach. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything with you. Like, these are the facts and this is why. And I'm like your coach, the person that you're paying to help mentor you and guide you through these things, are, that's what they're there for, right? And they're not there to hold your hand and to tell you things that they, that you want to hear just to not hurt your feelings. They're there to help you evolve and achieve your goals. And so, um, yeah, I wanted to share that with <laughs> you and with our audience because it was a it was definitely, you know, not what I wanted to hear at that time. But it's a memory that has stuck with me since, and I always always share it with people. So I wanted to tell you that I appreciate that. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like that, that's sort of like the beautiful part of this process is that like we grow and we evolve as clients we grow and evolve as coaches so like even even when i was like trying to go back and like and, and cheat and see uh <laughs> see all starting paperwork i like look at like even the old way i used to update i'm like oh my gosh i was like <laughs> the stone age you know it's like my update system is like so refined and beautiful and flawless now it's like and like i look back at like you know the the word document emails every week i'm like oh what a oh caveman. my god you know? we we talked about all that oh my god we tell people all the time like you don't know how good you have it with like the technology that has advanced and like so much access to your coach. And, you know, even for us as resources, as coaches, like we have a lot more resources and, you know, um, 
technology that we could use to enhance the coaching experience. And I'm like, back in my day, not to sound like I'm fucking old or anything, but back <laughs> in my day, we were just like an email with a Word document. Yeah, <laughs> had to figure it out. I literally would email Brian, like, here's my macros. How you feel? <laughs> Every email. Great. <laughs> <Just like, "We're> <laughs> so, yeah. so going back to how we found you like so you 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 hired him first and because mm-hmm. we had both finished we both did a show together i don't know if you remember this but we had both mm-hmm. finished no. a show oh, okay. both gained a good amount of weight post show which i definitely want you to expand on after this but and so her you you hired for a um a reverse i hired you for my second show Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came into that show. I loved my physique, um, coming, w- working with you. Like it was such a better experience. My first experience was a meal plan. Like literally here's what you're eating every day. Minus one almond minus half a cup of <laughs> one. Uh, I, yeah, no, I swear to God. It was like <laughs> this week is 12 almonds. Next week is nine almonds. Like I count out the almonds and my peak week was like all tilapia and 90 minutes, like two days of cardio or t- two days of cardio, was, it was rough. But go- with you, it was macro based mm-hmm. and it was just a so much better experience. And then I also did my strength training with you and my glutes were so tight and high, or, uh, high and tight. <laughs> like I loved my physique at that show. Um, so I, I think now's a good time to even, I would love, Brian, can you talk a little bit about post-show? <laughs> like, obviously we came to you like, help us, our meta- <laughs> Like our metabolism's broken. Yeah, our metabolism's broken, right? Back when uh yeah. Norton had coined that. <laughs> um, yeah, so a little bit. Absolutely. So, you know, po- post show is uh a really a really like critical time. And so uh, let's talk about just some some misnomers with post show and things you hear a lot in the industry. It's like one thing you'll hear a lot is people will be like a couple weeks out and they'll be like, my metabolism's on fire, you know, and, and all this stuff. And, uh, um, and, and so it's like, whenever, so here's the thing, whenever you're dieting down for a show, there's a couple things that are having to happen. Like one, you're pushing your body beyond its physiological norm. Like, especially if you're trying to compete in the leaner divisions, like, like bodybuilding, women's physique, uh, women's bodybuilding or classic physique, where you're really trying to like for male get to like, uh, like four to 6% body fat for a female, like nine to 11%. Um, so anytime, like, you're pushing your body really far outside of a physiological norm. Uh, you, you, it usually involves like quite a bit of, of output and having to get to like some pretty aggressive places. Um, and me, what I mean by that is like, um, whenever you begin to diet, your body will naturally, uh, adapt to the diet and it's called metabolic adaptation. And it's just, it's a natural defense mechanism. It's very normal. It doesn't mean anything's going wrong in your prep. Um, but as you diet down, like you just get to a point where, okay, like we actually have to lower calories. We typically have to increase your output. And that's because as we eat less food, our body's natural conservation mechanisms will get us to slow down and we don't even realize it, but we start moving less throughout the day. And people don't understand like how much calories you burn through something called NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Like me, my foot's going crazy under the table right now. Um, you know, it's like that, that counts as NEAT. Also, you burn a ton of calories in your sleep. People don't realize that either. Um, And also, as you die down for the show and you have less calories and your energy is lower, your training output is not going to be as high. Whether you realize it or not, you're sandbagging your cardio a little bit. 
Also, you weigh less, so you're just not burning as much through cardio, you know, because if you're 30 pounds less than at the start of prep, I mean, that's 30 pounds less you're walking with. And so all these factors play in and you get to the end of a prep. And so uh, you typically have to start getting a little bit uh, more aggressive. And sometimes sometimes people just have to suffer. Like there's different body, like bodybuilding. It's like you, the people who really excel at it, like you have to thank their parents, you know, um, it is like there is a huge genetic component to bodybuilding. Um, now, anyone can compete, but like the people you see that just like naturally excel with shape and even some people with fat burning, it's like there, there are genetic predispositions to the sport. But anyway, so as you diet down, you just have to keep getting more and more aggressive. And so towards the end of prep, your food's the lowest it's ever been. Your output's the highest it's ever been. And people people will have like a, like a refeed meal and then like sweat at night and think that their metabolism's on fire. And so it's like it's, it's the complete opposite. It's like your metabolism is the absolute highest in the peak of your off season when you're eating the most calories, you know, and maintaining on that amount. So towards the end of a show, your metabolic capacity is the lowest, but you have the highest work output. And so the common mistakes people make is they go from post show where their output is extremely high. Let's like take y'all's previous prep, for example, like Alyssa, like before we got together, it's like, you know, you're eating trace fats, trace carbs and two hours of cardio a day. And so let's just say on, on the low end, you know, you're in a, a 800 calorie deficit from food. Let's say you're burning 800 calories from cardio a day. And let's say you're burning 200 calories a day from training. And so that's an 1800 calorie deficit a day uh, that you're doing to try and get into contest shape, right? And after the show, you've been deprived for a really long time. Your hormones are, are, are going nuts. Like you're, 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 your ghrelin and your leptin are all all thrown off. So your hunger signals are through the roof. Your natural hormones are in the dumps uh, and you've been deprived. And so post-show, you know, you relax a little bit and you start having some free meals and it's this huge dopamine rush and it's everything you've been missing for 16 to 20 weeks. And Amer modern Americanized food is just so calorically dense. You know, it's like you can, you can literally eat like a cinnamon roll that has a thousand calories in it. And so if you go from a place where um, your body is used to seeing like 12 to 1500 calories a day with an 1800 calorie output a day to eating a cinnamon roll that has a thousand calories in it than eating, let's say, you know, McDonald's burger for lunch or Chick-fil-A for lunch and then go and eat out to dinner with your friends and family. It's like, okay, well, you've easily eaten, you know, four, three, 4,000 calories. So now you're in a surplus and you haven't been doing your cardio. Uh, you know, that's the first thing people stop doing. They're like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm done with cardio. And so now you're, you're not doing two hours of cardio and your body is only used to, and so now that's that's a 1600 calorie deficit that all of a sudden just isn't there anymore. And then all of a sudden you're eating 4,000 calories a day. Well, it's like, okay, well now my body is seeing 2000 calories extra per day. And as y'all know, there's about 3,600 calories in a pound of fat. And then, you know, it starts this cycle of, you know, chasing these dopamine hits and not wanting to be hyper restricted anymore. So, you know, you fast forward 14 days and let's say even you're, if you're in a thousand calorie caloric surplus a day, you know, that's 7,000 calories times two. So that's 14,000 calories. So it's like, okay, well now you're in plus fluid. So now you're up five, six, seven pounds. And, you know, that continues for a month and all of a sudden you're up 20 pounds from your show weight. And not that gaining weight after a show is a bad thing. It's just the rate of change that you gain after a show that you really need to watch out for. Um, but then we also have to take into account the mental aspect of this because it's really damaging and it's really hard emotionally for people to go from a place where they're looking the best they ever looked in their life to now all 
all of a sudden they gain 30 pounds and they can't stop eating. And it makes you feel like a, a failure. And then, then you start dieting again, but you're dieting and your, your metabolic capacity hasn't even been healed yet. And so post-show is like a real, it's like, it's the most important time to work with a coach. Um, but it's also like, I always tell my clients, it's like, Metabolic health phases are so much mentally harder than cutting phases because you're having to intentionally add calories in without seeing the net benefit of your body composition changing at a fast rate. And like in metabolic health phases, like, of course, we're going for body recomp, which is a slow process, but it's not this instant gratification of like, like an eight week mini cut where you can lose, you know, 16 pounds and see such a visible difference. And so the hardest mental part is definitely post-show, which is a metabolic health phase where you have to be really intentional about, okay, this is my new output. I'm still going to do cardio. So I'm not just dropping off this deficit. I'm going to be intentional about adding calories in, but starting like around my training or around bed. Um, and then it's like, I also have to have the mental discipline to try and uh, um, <clears throat> keep my diet on point the rest of the day, even though when everything's telling me to just eat, 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 eat. And it's like, um, now post show, it's like, you are going to put on some weight and that's totally okay because you do want to get back to a healthy level of body fat for hormone production as quickly as you can. But you do want to control the weight of change where it's like maybe a pound or two a week back up to where you're, you're comfortable as opposed to 20 pounds in 10 days post show. Cause that, that's where the, the really hard part comes. And that's the weight that's really hard to, to take back off. I think that's when we came off of our first show, we're like, wait a second. So this body, we just don't walk around like this forever. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know that we were informed that we did not have the body that we worked so hard for forever. Um, yeah. But everything that you described is exactly what happened to us. I mean, post show, we just stopped completely stopped doing cardio and just ate I wouldn't even say like binge, but maybe like the first couple of days were a binge. And then we went back to eating just like normal food, but the rate of weight gain was just so fast. And I was just shocked. I was shocked. Like, how is this happening? Cause you work so hard to get that physique. And then it's just like, poof, it's gone within a couple of weeks. So yeah. I could, and like what you were describing about almost post show seems to be even a little bit more challenging than the show itself mm -hmm. because you have to control sure. yourself and try to slowly taper off cardio. So you're kind of still in that mental state, like, okay, even though the competition's over, I still have to stay focused and I still have to, you know, stay on some sort of cardio routine while tapering off over, uh, you know, over time, same with diet, slowly adding back in those calories. Uh, so, I mean, how do you coach people through that time? I mean, is it, do you find it more challenging than the contest prep itself sometimes for some people? Oh, I, I think for most people, it's, it's more challenging than the contest prep itself, not from the physical output so, uh, part of things, but from the, uh, the, the, the mental aspect of it. Um, physically, it's not nearly as hard because you're, you're feeling better because you got all this food in you. So your training's better, you're sleeping better. But the mental part is, is is really tough, and that's one thing that um, that you one you progressively get better in over time, show after show. Um, but two, the really hard part of coaching is like 
helping people understand that it is okay to put on a little bit of weight post show. And some people do have goals where they're like, Hey, I really want to keep this body forever. Well, it's like, okay, well, what got you lean is going to keep you lean. And this, so there's something in the industry that, you know, it's still theoretical because it's not hundred percent proven yet, but as we see it time and time and time and time again, it's called a theoretical body fat set point. And so it's like this body fat level that naturally your body is extremely comfortable at. And once you get to it, you can kind of eat what you want and you don't really gain much more. Um, but then to, to get below it, it's kind of, it's kind of hell or high water, you know? Um, and so your body fat set point is like where your body is most naturally comfortable at. And you can reset your body fat set point, but the way you reset your body fat set point is you have to stay at a new body fat for a, a, like a, a long period of time. And so it's like, so for people that have goals like, hey, I want to like maintain sub 10% forever. Well, it's like, okay, well, one, we need to get you below 10% to start. Uh, but two, we, then we need to treat the the after diet, the post, the post show, uh, just as strictly as we would uh, a contest prep where we slowly work up your metabolic capacity, then have long maintenance phases where we allow your body to just normalize that level of intake with an output that is maintainable for you. Um, and then slowly work, work up more. And then the idea is that eventually you get them to a, a metabolic standing where it is a true maintenance level and not an inflated maintenance level for them. Uh, and it's at a cardiovascular output that they can maintain very easily in a training regimen that they can maintain very easily. That will fit into their life while keeping him at this caloric level and it's not this thing where you can just infinitely add calories indefinitely um uh because it's like it's like we do have genetic limits on that too like you know even if you were to take like a really slow rate of change and let's say you you know got to a point where you're adding 10 15 grams of carbs a week well, you can't just do that for three years and, and be like, oh, I built my metabolism up to 1,500 carbs a day. You know, it's like we have, we have genetic limits and we have limits based on like uh, uh, a lot of, hey, sorry, my dog's eating my shoe. Um, <laughs> just right here in front of me. Um, but, but, but we have we have levels like based on like our, our work and our output that we just can't overcome. Like, you know, for me, it's like, like I'm at a desk like 10 hours a day. Like I'm not burning that much calories, you know? And so it's like, I don't have this infinite like caloric threshold that I can just work up to. And so it's really about keeping people lean and it is, is more so about uh, the, the, the mental, the, uh, developing a mental toughness to stay on plan after the diet. Uh, but then uh, get them to places where you can have long maintenance phases of where they can actually maintain what they earned. Um, and then it can get pretty easy to maintain a new level of body fat. But it takes about six months of the dieting mindset post-diet uh, mm. to get there. Have you had any female clients that you've successfully done that with where you've kept them at a pretty low body fat percentage and brought up their caloric intake to a point where they were really happy because I have a client that's just like is dreaming of a time where she could be eating 25 she's like gets kind of jealous when she sees other women flaunting how much they're eating and how lean they are so have you done this successfully with any of your clients yeah for sure you know uh, I got one girl I'm working with um, Bailey when we started together um, her intake was around uh, like 50 grams of fat a day, around 120 carbs a day and around 120 grams of protein a day. And like, she just, she just, uh, she just hit um, 
little over 320 grams of carbs a day, uh, like 50 to 60 grams of fat a day, 150 uh, to 160 grams of protein a day. Um, and she, she's in a, in a, like a maintenance phase, uh, prior to her next cut phase where we're just allowing her body to normalize that level of intake. Mm-hmm. Um, and have one girl, Sarah, that I'm working with. She's at like 400 carbs a day. Um, so, uh, for sure, for sure. And these are, these are maintenance calories, right? These are main. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how long, how long does it mm-hmm. take for you, for somebody, especially a woman to get to a place where this is just maintenance? now like how many months years super individual you know uh you know with bailey we've been increasing her food for almost six months you know um you I know that's and, pretty quick what's her body yeah, yeah. In it? um she's probably around like 20 ish okay yeah um so that's like very good. very like uh very happy with how she looks very normal healthy level of body fat um, for a female and for all the listeners listening, uh, 20% for women is, is normal, uh, for, yeah. for, for, for a man, it's a little high, but, uh, for a woman that is, you know, 20, 25% is a very healthy range for hormone production and, and, uh, and, uh proper, uh, menstrual cycles and ovulation. So, uh, don't mm-hmm. think you need to be the same body fat level as a man. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So six months, I feel like that is pretty quick. Um, what would you say is like, you've seen the longest time to get somebody there around Mm, probably eight months to a year oh okay okay yeah I guess like in my mind you know I I don't know just from like a long-term perspective I'm like oh like six months of like dedicating to get to that calorie range seems like a reasonable time like I I don't feel like that um, a lot of people should be concerned about, you know, the, the length of that, but then, you know, the benefits that you get from it is mm-hmm. obviously the adaptation and just at a better mental place. And then obviously when you're ready for your next cut, you're such in a better place calorically that you have a lot of food to cut from. And then that's the idea, right? That you just continue yeah. to kind of go through that cycle and you eat more through every phase of cutting of, you know, um, trying to get at a leaner body fat percentage. But to be clear, Absolutely. these women have been tra- bo- training bodybuilding for years prior to working with you, correct? Or no? Yeah, like, like like Bailey's a former competitor. I mean, she hasn't competed in probably like eight or 10 years. And so she okay. she's a lifestyle client and uh, uh, Sarah Sarah does compete. And so, yeah, it, re- it really just depends. But uh, the biggest thing is, is, you know, we can dive into this later, is, but it's also like how you train. And so, um, a lot of times, like I find that with uh, my clients, we're able to um, have really uh, advantageous metabolic health phases where we actually have really good body recomp because they start training like I train people. Um, and inadvertently, their, their output is going up and their nutrient partitioning is improving uh, so we can have a faster uh, a change with um, our, our calorie stance. Yeah, training is a huge piece to this. And I think it's important to note that you're probably not going to be able to get to that caloric range doing like orange theory. <laughs> right. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, you guys, let me be clear. Brian's strength training 
is fucking no joke. <laughs> is, I So when I decided to hire a, a coach again, I was like going back to Brian, like his strength training programs are just the best. <laughs> and I, so the reason why we reconnected is because I, I, I was, I was thinking like, okay, like I want to hire someone. Um, and I was like, oh, 12 years ago. What if I like looked up your, into my Yahoo account. I was like, he exists. And I found you again on Instagram. And so I'm like, yes, <laughs> bring it on. Yeah. Now my husband yeah, yeah, trains yeah. as well. Um, actually, do you want to talk a little bit about what you like offer? I kind of introed that a little bit, but just you want to drop, um, cause you have your yeah. supplement line and just tell us a little bit more about you and your company. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, I have my own supplement line, C620 Nutrition Supplements. Uh, we're rebranding right now. And so, uh, we'll be relaunching in March. And so, uh, look out for that. Um, but right now we're currently, uh, sold out of all our inventory, which is great. But, uh, uh like I said, we're rebranding. So we're relaunching in March, um, with, uh, Mind Up, which is a nootropic I formulated, uh, ZZZ, which is my sleep product and the, uh, grass fed cold filtered whey. And so relaunching with those and then the pre-workout and the amino acid profile will come back uh, middle of the year. Um, So yeah, have the supplement line, but uh, my main uh, stream of income is coaching. Um, Historically, you know, I work with a lot of high level athletes and amateur athletes, um, but I also work with uh, lifestyle clients as well, as long as like we're a good fit, you know, Uh, because the last thing I was like, I'm, I'm very blessed to be at a point in my career where it's like, uh, I don't need more money and I just want to work with people that I can benefit. And so I am pretty selective with, with who I work with. You know, I have a pretty, pretty, uh, a unique, um, onboarding process, you know, so I have a couple forms people fill out, uh, and then we do an actual zoom call to make sure that we're a good fit. Um, but yeah, uh, so whenever someone starts to work with me, I have 24 week packages and 52 week packages, like, uh, uh, a lot of, I don't, I personally don't even offer for offer eight or 12 week packages like that. It's like, if you work with me, like we're going to commit, uh, to transformation. And whenever you work with me, I take over nutrition, training, supplementation, and cardio protocols. That way there's no guesswork for you. And that way on the back end, I figure out, uh, the nutritional approach we're going to take that way I can factor in the training we're going to be doing, the cardio we're going to be doing, uh, your recovery cycling, how we're going to maximize your gains through like how we space your training. Um, and then, uh, also supplements that will aid in it as well. Um, and specifically like health supplements after we go over your blood work and, and review that. And so, uh, really try and take a holistic approach to where it leaves uh, very little guesswork for the person that hired me. And that way they can just follow the plan. And then we do weekly check-ins where we assess, uh, the progress that we've made and then we make adjustments from there. So very, very custom and tailored experience. I mean, just like y'all, y'all treat y'all's clients as well. That's awesome. And you have yeah. a few under, other coaches under you. One's like a... Yeah, so we, we got Coach Jeff and Coach Lauren, and so both of them are extremely accomplished uh, powerlifters, and uh, I mean, Jeff's unbelievable at powerlifting program, and uh, and so is Lauren, and uh, Lauren's going to be heading up our our, uh, our mom program, it's a little acronym for Mothers on a Mission, where she's specifically oh, just going to work so with cute. mom. I love it. And, uh, and Jeff is uh, going to be doing a lot of the, the powerlifting and strength training, and he's a, a big jiu-jitsu guy, and so... Uh, uh, an avenue that he likes to pursue is uh, getting a jujitsu uh, artist uh, uh, really, really strong. Um, so yeah, so we we uh, we got we have a team of three, and uh, Jeff and Lauren are going to be um, 
booking up uh, a lot more in the new year, um, you know, uh, as we as we just progress, because um, we've been doing uh, some onboarding stuff with with them as of late. Um, but I had a pretty crazy November, so I missed a couple of our meetings. So that's on me. And now I feel bad. I'm <laughs> confessing it to the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Wow. So a lot has changed the past 12 years since we have connected. Um, so it's so cool to see your business evolve and change and, you know, add more team members. Uh, what I love, what, what you said was this isn't like a short eight to 12 week type program. This is a long-term commitment. And I think, you know, a lot of people, especially just starting out, get so fearful of that long-term commitment and they want to just do like the eight to 12 week type thing because for a couple different reasons, maybe they don't trust themselves enough to stay committed that, that long. Um, but well, first, how do you, do you even try to help somebody take that leap to make that long-term commitment? Or if you see any sort of hesitation, are you like, Hey, this is, you're, you're just not ready for it yet. Maybe come back to me when you're ready to commit long-term or like, what's your process for that? Yeah, for sure. So, so one thing, um, is that um, I I know I'm good at sales, um, but the last thing I want to do is convince someone to work with me. Um, because if you have to convince someone to work with you, like, so don't get me wrong, there, there's two different things. There's one, like people don't want to commit long-term because one, they have, you're dead on. They don't, they haven't learned to trust themselves yet. It's, it's very rarely finances. People can find the finances for what yep. they want. Um, so it's very rarely the finances. So it's either they don't trust themselves or they don't have enough information and I can give more information. And so that, that's the biggest thing. And that's one thing I'll even say on my calls. It's like, listen, before you make a decision, I know that decisions require information. So is there anything you'd like more clarity on that we can go over, whether it's the, the process, how we do things, timeline. And so uh, over the course of a sales call, I try and explain exactly what it's going to look like. And the reason why I have them fill out their form prior to us, us meeting is so I can actually go into the call and know how I want to phase things out initially. Um, that way I can explain the process. Because the last thing you want to do is just sign someone and then you get the program and they're surprised that they're like, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, right. And so one, yeah, people don't trust themselves. But two, another thing is like, if, if they don't have enough information, that that's where they won't purchase. But if I give them enough information and they understand what's going on and they're still like, they're still on the fence about it. Um, I'm not going to try and convince you to spend money because then it's not going to be a good experience on your part. And then it's not going to yeah. be a good experience on my part. And then I'm going to be like, like if you sign with me, it's like, I like, you know, so if you sign a 24 four week uh, package with me, um, even though I'm allowing you to take that 24 weeks and paid in monthly installments, I'm still counting on you to be trustworthy enough to honor the commitment of you fulfilling um, every month's payments. And I'm counting on that as my income. And so the last thing I want is to work with someone who ends up canceling, even though they've already committed to a package and I've already planned out my, my future income based on those, those future invoices. Um, and then I have resentment cause I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, man, I wasted, I wasted my time. And you know, like for, you know, it, it, just to be frank, like what I, so whenever so some people will contact me, they're like, Hey, how much just to consult with you? It's like, okay, well my consult, my consultation rates are 150 an hour. And so like I take that hourly rate and then it's like, okay, well this is how much it takes me to design a program, design a training program and all the things. And so if I spend three hours designing a program, I've put, you know, a hundred, I mean, $450 into of work into that program. 
And if you cancel, if you cancel, you know, uh, one, you know, two weeks in and you've only, only paid X so far, it's like, then I, then I feel gypped, you know? So I'm, I'm very particular about who Mm -hmm. I work with and I'm very blessed to have a, a really great client roster in every Maybe once out of every hundred people, you get a bad egg, but because uh, uh, sure. you know you just you don't know people till you know them. But, uh, right. but yeah, I, I would much rather tell someone like, "Listen, I'm just not the right coach for you," and I'll be happy to point you in the direction of someone who I think would be a good fit, um, or like come back to me when you're ready. Because uh, mm-hmm. the last thing I want is to have uh, bitterness towards someone and, and them have a poor experience because that, that that's my name on the line. Sure. Yeah. What do you think your split is? I think he told me, but I forgot uh, between. Uh, um, competitors and um, lifestyle uh, lifestyle clients. Yeah, right now I'm at about 50-50 or 60-40. Okay. Has, have any of your lifestyle clients looked into doing like competing? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, one, one, of them, one of them today just uh, told me they want to compete with their wife. So yeah. Ah, that's exciting. <laughs> so tell us, tell uh, our listeners, what's the process and what are you, what do you think the pre prerequisites are for doing a competition so i was actually talking about this to someone today too so there, there's a couple different ways to approach it it's like one it's like i really like winning um but at the end of the day as much as i like winning i realize that us as coaches we work for the individual like they don't work to to make us look good so and what i mean by that is like there, there, there's two different ways to look at it. It's like one, there's you compete when like you think you're ready and can win like an overall. And two, there's some people that don't care about winning overalls, but they want to compete and they want to knock it off their checklist and they don't have enough muscle yet, but they still want to compete. And so it's like, I'm not going to tell that person they can't compete because that's me trying to conform them to what I want to make to make me look good rather than have a great experience. Because this may be something they just want to do once to knock it off their checklist, get shredded, get on stage. And like, they have no interest in putting on like 30, 40 pounds of muscle to for, for 10 years to try and win a, a $5 trophy, you know? And so, there, so there's two different ways to look at it. Like one, you have the really serious athlete that's like, hey, like I want to compete, but I actually like really want to like try and win. And then there's a person that's like, hey, I want to compete and want to want to win. But if I don't win, that's OK. But but it's something I want to do. Like I want to bring my personal best. And that's a great type of client because you can take that client and get them absolutely peeled to the bone and make them look amazing. And they're going to have a phenomenal experience, even if they get beat out by someone that has more muscle and more years in the game. And so there's two different ways to look at it. So um, one you, so you have you just have to view it through two things. If it's the super serious athlete, excuse me, super serious athlete, that is tough to say. Um, okay, like have we made enough improvements from our last show to actually justify you competing again? Um, that's prerequisite one. It's like two, have we had a long enough improvement season, and are we at a good enough metabolic capacity to actually diet down and strip off enough body fat without dipping to a place where we 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 start burning tissue? Um, and then for the, and it goes in the exact same thing for the, the, the gin pop person, except without the prerequisite of like, okay, have we, have we built enough muscle from the last show? Uh, cause typically that person is going to be a first time competitor. Mm-hmm. And so right. the biggest thing is one, making sure hormonally they're in a really good spot, um, and doing blood work, making sure like they're, they're not like, uh, their thyroid functions at, at, at full capacity. They have good T, T3, T4, TSH and reverse T4, T3, uh, levels, um, and have good test to estradiol ratios, uh, and then making sure they're at a good enough metabolic capacity to actually diet down the amount of body fat that they need to get off to get in winning condition. 
Yeah. Would you also rec uh, really want to see all your clients track macros? Actually, I should ask. <laughs> do all your clients track yeah. macros? So one thing that I do a little bit differently than when we work together is mm -hmm. um, on my intake form, I ask people is, do you, would you prefer a flexible dieting approach or would you prefer a set meal plan? Because if you look at the stats of dieting, uh, there's a reason why 96, 95% of all diets fail. And we live in this microwave society where everyone wants things like this, you know? And so in living in this microwave society where everyone wants something quick, people, and this is the analogy I literally tell everyone. Do y'all remember in science class um, where the teacher had that display that was marble, metal balls uh, hanging by strings that displayed kinetic and potential energy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like when you diet, the more aggressive you diet, it's like pulling that first ball back. And so the further you pull it back, the, the bigger opposite reaction is going to have with binge eating, emotional eating, overeating. And so what we want to do is make sure that we set up the diet in a place to where we don't have to go all the way back here so we don't risk the reaction. And so uh, whenever so in one way and I'll explain why I said that in a second. And so the reason why I allow people to say like, hey, I want flexible dieting or I want a meal plan is because people know themselves best. And if I want to be a coach that yields a really high success rate, then I want to create a diet plan from the start that uh, that uh, works best for the individual. And some people are like, hey, I want to eat the same thing every day. I don't want to have to think about it. And so if you tell me I know I'll have a higher compliance rate if you tell me what to eat. I'll create your meal plan from the start. But if you say, hey, I'll have a higher compliance rate with a macro plan, then we'll do a macronutrient plan. And then that way, whenever it comes back to that analogy of, of, of equal and opposite reactions, it's like we don't have to worry about that additional stress of low adherence that makes that ball go further back. Uh, that could potentially have a, a bigger off off swing. And so we want to set up all diet plans, especially for lifestyle clients in a way that are super maintainable and attainable. Um, and, and so I allow people like, hey, what would you thrive on? Because that's what we want to create. Because again, uh, we don't want to put them in this place where it just adds more stress and it just gives it another reason to have more stress for, for falling off in the back end. Okay. So would you then, if you have a lifestyle client that's on a meal plan sort of program and wants to compete, would you then go ahead and let them compete and just help them with that meal plan? Or would you recommend them doing macro? Oh, no, I, I have, I have lots of uh, competitors that I, I program their meal plans for. Um, um, but then, but it's like, but it's, you know, all foods have caloric value. So it's very easy to uh, like I, I had one one client that was like, hey, like I want to know my macronutrients. Like, okay, no problem. So I just went beside each meal and put what 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 each meal was in terms of protein, carb, and fat. And so now they know their their daily totals too. Um, and so it's uh, a little bit of extra work on on the back end for us, but I mean that's what we're here for is to serve. And so, uh, but yeah, so I just want to create diet plans that people will actually follow. And so whether that's a meal plan or a macronutrient plan, I'm okay with either. Yeah. So even yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, want, I, want, I want a high level of compliance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So whatever you need to do on your end to increase that, you're going to do. Um, with a meal yeah. plan, I'm so interested. Um, with a, like prescribing a meal plan, um, how do you feel like that helps the client long term in terms of like after their time working with you? 
because uh, that's always one of my concerns, like the the learning aspect of following a meal plan versus a, more of a flexible dieting approach. Um, obviously, you know, Alyssa and I were very gu- not gung ho, but like advocates for flexible dieting because it says it in the name, it's flexible. Yeah. <laughs> and you can you get again and just, you know, make up your own meal plan versus like a meal plan. And but I understand the desire for a structured meal plan, especially for busy career people with kids. And, you know, they just don't want to think about, you know, the food that they're eating. Um, one of my concerns with that long term though is okay, are you actually learning anything through that process though? And so with you, how do you kind of help navigate that? Yeah. And so that, that's just as, you know, learning flexible dieting is just learning a skill, you know, right. um, that's it. Yep. And so I was like, even if you're on a meal plan, it's like, we still encourage you to actually learn the skill. Uh, but also too, like one way that I create meal plan, it still has variety in it. Uh, so for example, like I'll take, um, uh, I'll take a, a bunch of different proteins that have very similar macronutrient makeup. And so, and then I'll put them in a legend on the top that says, like, anytime you see lean protein, you can substitute turkey breast, chicken breast, cod, shrimp, uh, you know, flounder. And so all these different options. And so even in their plan, it's not like, okay, uh, 150 grams of chicken breast. It's 150 grams of lean protein. And that way they can, if they want to cycle through one different protein every week. And so there's a subconscious learning of like, okay, all these foods have the same macronutrient breakup. And then also, too, it's like whenever we're programming out carbohydrates, it's like, okay, well, this amount of, of weighted carbs, uh, you know, equals this amount of caloric value. And so people inadvertently start learning intuitive eating over time based on visible portions that they see. Um, but I have something really cool on the back end um, that I'm almost finished with. It's a uh, um, my friend Rebecca gave it to me. I'm just editing it up to so it fits my needs. But it's a. Uh, uh, it's an Excel spreadsheet and you can type in how many grams of protein, carbs or fat you're looking for. And it has a database of like 200 different foods and it will tell you like the, the, the weight of each one of the foods. And so, um, I'm, I'm almost done editing editing that up for what I need. And so then all my clients will have access to that. And so, um, there's lots of, there's lots of different things we can do as coaches to prepare people on the back end, but it's like, even if you're on a meal plan, I still encourage them to learn the skill of mm-hmm. how to count macronutrients. And so, um, yeah. one thing is like, it's like, I, I treat people like adults, you know, it's like, um, I'm, I'm not going to chase you down for your update. You know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, it's like, I, I'm going to treat you like a responsible and I'll check in on you. Um, mm-hmm. but it's like, like you, you made this commitment and you know that from the inception, it's your job to update me every either Friday, Saturday or Sunday by this time. Like mm-hmm. it's a, so it's like I treat people like adults and I equip them to advance, um, but it's still on them to do it. You know, it's like, it's like, yep. you know, you, you can't spoon feed adults. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We agree. We agree. And yeah, I mean, that takes uh, Alyssa, a, Alyssa's laughing like that hit a little yeah. too close to home. <laughs> no, this is well, yeah. I mean, this year we've learned a lot. I mean, yeah, with some, with some with some clients. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've learned a lot this year. So we are definitely shifting um, our expectations as coaches, and we have done quite a bit of hand holding the past mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, it came from a place of, you know, caring and wanting them to be successful, of course, but just long-term, it's just not sustainable for us as coaches to constantly, 
you know, reaching out to clients and, you know, making sure that they're holding themselves accountable. And um, I think, you know, those expectations from the get go, like, hey, you committed to this. This is, you know, what it is. And so we expect, you know, we'll we'll do our part as coaches as long as you show up. Right. Um, but we can't do anything if nobody shows up on game day. So. Um, yeah. And I, I have, I have an expectations list that I send with all my programs, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's, you know, it's really just about setting, setting the boundaries from, from the get go, you know? And some people may, may think that's super harsh, but it's like, man, it's like, it's like, it's like, you're, you have to give people freedom, uh, to have to, to choose what they want to do, you know? Um, and they, you, you as a coach can't want them to succeed more than they want them to succeed. You know, I've had clients like that and I have clients like that, that is just, uh, um, you know, it may, it may not be the right time in their life, but it's like, I can't want it more than you do, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's so good. Um, I, I heard this reel from this coach from another nutrition company, Uh, and she was talking about the responsibility of a client and she said, you know, all good coaches, they're pretty much going to tell you the same thing. I mean, of course there's going to be a little writing. You're going to learn things from different coaches. Um, and the reason why you invest in somebody could be because, um, you know, because you connect with them on a personal level, like there's a part of their personality you really like, you like the branding, right? There's, there's the, that aspect of it, but on a wide scale, I mean, most well-informed, good coaches, they're going to tell you to do pretty much the same thing. So it it's not going to be beneficial if you continue to keep bouncing around from one coach to the next, assuming that things are going to be different, assuming that there's some like magic solution that you're not aware of. Um, but what you should actually ask yourself is, what am I bringing to the table as a client? right? What, what am I here for? Right. Am I here to be like, have my hand held and be, you know, uh, chased down and, and, you know, um, guided, like babied throughout this entire process? Or what are, what am I willing to do to make sure that I get the results that I want? And I think, um, you know, the way that she worded that, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is such a great way to think about that. Because I think a lot of people do invest in coaching saying, cool, I hired a coach. Now I don't really have to do anything. My coach is just going to tell me everything that I need to know. Mm -hmm. And of course there's some education, some learning that goes behind that. But at the same time, you have a personal responsibility as a client to show up and do the work even when it's hard. So I don't know if you wanted to expand on that (laughs) a little bit. Oh no. I mean, that, that's a hundred percent you know, on point, uh, you know, sometimes people too, that they think the monetary transaction, uh, uh, equals the results, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, but you know, it's like, uh, you, I mean, it's just a hundred percent, you know, it's, uh, but it is, it is a partnership and it is a relationship. Um, but it is really important to treat people, treat people like adults, you know, um, support, support them when they're going through something tough, but also like have, you know, and that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned over the past couple of years is, is, is boundaries, you know, boundaries are, boundaries are a form of self-love, you know, um, and that goes both ways from the, the client to the coach and the coach to the client, you know, and so, but you know, there's so many, there's so you know, and, and also too, like, it's okay to not work with everybody. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and that's, that's one big thing I've learned too. It's like, I'm not everyone's cup of tea and, and everyone's not my cup of tea, you know, it's like, uh, and so I think having standards and like niches that you fall into are actually good. Um, because like, I really, you know, I really believe that, um, 
So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just dive into like a little bit of like my belief system, you know, it's, yeah. I, I, I believe that this is so much more than just work. You know, it's like, for me, like work is a work is a form of ministry and like how we get to love on people. Cause you know, work is at minimum, you know, what we do 40 hours a week and, you know, up to 80 hours a week or whatever. And so it's like, if we spend like, you know, uh, 50% of our life at work. It's like, if we're not actually doing things to impact the course of history and love people well and help them change outside of just the service we bring, then we're actually doing a disservice to our life purpose. And so like, I really believe that the people that come and work with me that are, that, that I feel like are a good fit, that I'm actually meant to be in their life in this season. Cause I believe like God sits outside of time and he sees the end from the beginning. And so he knows the scope of their life and my life and what I can deposit into them. And so I feel like the people that I feel good about working with, I'm meant, I'm, I'm meant to work with in, in this, in this divine time. And so it's like, if there's people that I don't feel like I'm supposed to work with, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to let them go and work with someone else that is actually meant to pour into them in this season. And that's okay. I don't have to, I don't have to work with everyone for the sake of uh, just working, just working with people. I want to work with the people that want to work with me and I want to work with, and I feel like I'm supposed to be a part of their life for this season. I love that. So making an impact on the individual's life, um, however way you can, but through your art of coaching and um, changing their lives. And I mean, it's so much more than just physique transformation, right? Um, of course, the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're on a mission. I mean, I'm sure there's like a, a vision and mission behind the brand and you pour your heart and soul into it to help this individual. And I do agree that, you know, there are some people <clears throat> who might commit and it might not just be their time right now. Right. And um, we have to, as coaches in a loving way, just let them know like, Hey, right now is, is probably not the best time for this. And here are some other resources to help you in this season of life that you're in right now. So yeah. I love that. I think even going back to how we, again, our first show, I don't think we were ready. <laughs> like we did yeah. it for all the wrong reasons and kind of circling back to some prerequisites for what makes someone a good contender to even get into a show. Um, like mental resilience, emotional resilience, mm. <laughs> self-discipline, like, we were, I think our first show, we, we just wanted abs. We just wanted yeah, abs that's it. and we drank on the week. We drank on the weekends and we ate out all the time. We thought doing a show would force us to have the body body that we wanted. And then after that, it, that would be it. Like we just have that body now. Yeah. And it was a rude awakening. And I think we just had, um, some relationship with food body, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. that we need to sort of confront before getting into it. Um, I, I do believe my, our first show, especially for me, helped, really helped me with self-discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, and it did yeah, help. Well, bodybuilding is like a whole nother, oh. a whole oh, nother level. level, like a whole nother level. Not that, you know, we have that much experience in it, but I mean, <laughs> the one show that I did, it was just like, a, I, I was just like in a another planet, I felt like with tunnel vision. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it does teach you a lot of really great discipline skills and it really pushes your limits and it's cool to prove to yourself that you can do those things. And so in that sense, there was a lot of, um, things about yourself that you learned through that process. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like 
people need to go in it for the right reasons. They need to be in a good men- mental health spot. They need to have a good relationship with food and their body and understand the whole process in a broader perspective. Like Alyssa said, I mean, we were so naive and really just we're doing it for all the wrong reasons. So in that sense, it took away from the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the second know, time with you was a lot better. So go ahead. Sorry, I didn't need to cut you off. Oh, no, no, that, that's good. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, but no, you know, one thing too is like so many people um, uh, get into fitness or competing. Like you see it all the time on social media. Um, like the, like say I won't do it and it, you know, and, and watch me mentality. It's like, for me, I think like, that's like one of the lowest forms of, and this is going to offend some people, but I, I, you know, I apologize if it offends Don't you. apologize. It's okay. You know, it's like that, that to me, that's one of like the lowest forms of living is to dedicate yourself to something just to prove someone wrong that is not thinking about you at all. Cause one, one thing this sport will teach you about is like, it's like after show day, people are not thinking about you at all unless they want something from you. You know, it's like you, you have to do this lifestyle. Like if you're trying to change your lifestyle or if you want to compete, you have to do it for your own goals. This thing of like, uh, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong because you said I can. I'm like, I'm like, I don't care if some stranger on the internet told me I can't do something. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I, like whatever, like whether it's like business, or, you know, something like that. It's like, it's like, it's like, and too, it's like the more notoriety you get, it's like that, it, that just, it's the more opposition you're naturally going to have, you know? Um, but it's like, it's like to live your life for the approval of others, for people that genuinely aren't even give you a sec, aren't even giving you a second thought. It's like, uh, to me, it's like, that's, that's the worst motivation to do something. And also too, if you have to hyper-focus on the people that are telling you, you can't do something in order to get something done. Like imagine the negative headspace you have to be in all the time of like, Oh, they said I can't do it. I'm going to prove them wrong. Uh, Cause it's like, you can't, you can't like hate people into changing yourself and you can't help hate yourself into change. It's like, you can only truly like love yourself into change, you know? And so it's like figuring out your why that has to do with you is like one of the most important step ones, you know? Um, cause the, I'm going to prove them wrong mentality will leave you so empty at the end of the day, because what happens when, yes, you do prove them wrong, but they don't care at all. You know, uh, then they'll be like, Oh, well, I bet you can't do it again. You know, <laughs> uh, and so like, like finding, finding your why for, for you, not for someone else is so important to, I think really long-term success and also long-term, uh, happiness and joy as well. Um, because it just can't, it just can't be a good, a good mental place to always be trying, trying to prove someone wrong, you know? Yes. Such a powerful way to end too, Brian. Yes. <laughs> you, I mean, it really does boil down to your why. Um, and your that's values, what we your your life's mission. Just, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we lean really heavy in with our clients is understanding their why, um, and their value system. So important. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts, Brian, before we close it out? Oh, man. Uh, No. Uh, But if you want to find me, uh, I'm at Instagram, C620 Nutrition. And uh, yeah, go go hire. uh, Go hire all three of us. Yeah, uh, all three of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. No, I love it. It was uh, yeah, I was going to say, thank you all so much for having me on. It was a, a really great talk, and uh, I'd love to do it again sometime. 
Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having us on. It was so good to see you after all of this time. And you'll definitely be hearing from me. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> I do. I, I yeah. follow you on social media. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't sure if you were paying attention, but yeah, I'm about to pop out a baby any day. Uh, And I am getting ready for my post-transformation bod. So you might be hearing from me soon uh, after I get cleared. (laughs) It'll be like old times. It'll be like old times, except I'm ready. I'm ready this time. Uh, (laughs) And I'm happily married, so I don't have to worry about any douchebags. Get get my way. (laughs) Okay. Yay. Thank you so much, Brian, for talking with us today. And uh, we hope that you, the Be Real With Us podcast listeners, enjoyed. And we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thank you.